Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for taking the time to join us for the Youth Ministry Training Call. This is Josh Carson from UPCI Youth Ministries, and we are delighted that you are joining in, whether you're joining us live for the call or whether you're joining us via the podcast. This is call number 20. We are thankful for what God has been doing uh, over the last 19 sessions and now looking forward to what God is going to do in our time together tonight. The purpose of the UPCI Youth Ministries, as you may or may not know, is to educate and engage. Everything that we do is meant to educate students in apostolic identity and engage them in apostolic mission. Thank you for partnering with us. Thank you for partnering not only in your local assemblies as you serve, but also by partnering with us in your sacrificial giving to Sheaves for Christ, which underwrites the youth ministries of the UPCI and this particular call and podcast. We want you to know that what you're doing on the local level is not in vain. But you are, in fact, our heroes working in the trenches to make sure that young people and young adults in this generation have a godly influence that's there not only being someone that can give inspiration or information, but someone that's there to be an example of Christ-like behavior in their life. Would you join me in a time of prayer as we ask God's blessing upon our call tonight? Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity to come together. We thank you for what you are doing and the reports that we're hearing from all over North America, the things that are happening in youth ministries, oh God, on college campuses, in junior highs and high schools. There's just exciting things happening. While the world, I know, seems negative to so many people, there is uh, so much sin that seems to be running rampant, yet you are allowing your light to shine, and we're thanking you, O God, for what you're doing through the church in this hour. What an incredible opportunity we have to serve you and to serve this generation. I pray your blessings upon every youth worker that listens in, and I pray that you would bless our speaker and anoint our hearts and our minds to receive from you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. We're very excited to have with us tonight is our guest speaker, Brother Andrew Fisher. He is our National Project 7 Resources Coordinator. He is uh, the husband to Crystal, father of three amazing children. Uh, Many of you may know him being the youth pastor there in Indiana. If we have any of our Indiana uh, youth workers tuning in, he is there in Terre Haute with Pastor Jeffrey Harple. Uh, He is what some of you won't like, a Cubs fan, but he's also a Hoosiers fan. Uh, He works for Pepsi, and he signed a contract that he cannot admit to how wonderful Coca-Cola is. No, I don't know if he signed that contract or not, but it is wonderful. Uh, His favorite food is spaghetti, and he loves to play pickup basketball with the guys, he told me, but I don't think he likes to do those two things on the same night. So nonetheless, Andrew, man, I just want to say how much personally I appreciate you, the job that you do for P7 and the wonderful job that you do setting an example of great youth ministry there on the local level. We're excited to have you with us tonight talking about creating a revival atmosphere. We're delighted that you're with us. We want you to just take it 
it away uh, and share with us whatever you feel and whatever you've prepared for the youth ministries tonight. Thank you so much, Brother Carson. It's so exciting to be here with all the youth workers, youth pastors, hyphen leaders. I'm excited to be on this call. I've listened uh, to other calls and the great speakers, and I honor our youth president, Brother Josh Carson, uh, Brother Ranking, and Brother Matthew, and for facilitating this call. What a what a great resource for our youth ministry, and um, I'm excited about. I just have a passion for youth ministry. I just love youth ministry. I love everything about it. I love uh, the kids. Um, I love people getting the Holy Ghost and spreading the gospel. I love P7 clubs, what's going on in our country. I love everything about it. I love the drama. Not really. No, I don't. I'm just kidding. I don't like the drama. <laughs> so I'm excited to be here tonight to talk to you about creating a revival atmosphere. And before I get started, I want to honor my pastor Pastor Jeffrey Harpole, what an awesome man. And, and a lot of what I'm talking about tonight is really coming from his vision. Uh, and I want to honor my wife, Crystal, and my children tonight and uh, love their support. And uh, my wife is my partner in youth ministry. She is doing such a great job with our ladies here. And so I'll just get right into it, creating a revival atmosphere. So when we pray for revival, I think sometimes we think this means um, we want immediate e increase in attendance or numbers, although numbers are important because each number in your youth ministry represents a soul. But for the purposes of tonight's call, let's talk about um, creating a revival atmosphere, a revival atmosphere. And so the definition of revival is an, an improvement in condition or strength of something. And as apostolic Pentecostals, revival refers to a spiritual reawakening from a state of dormancy or stagnation. It's the resurfacing of a love for God, an appreciation of God's holiness, a passion for his word in his church, and convicting awareness of sin, a spirit of humility, and a desire for repentance and growth in righteousness. Revival invigorates your faith, opening your eyes to the truth in a fresh new way. It generally involves the connotation of a fresh start with a clean slate, marking a new beginning of a life lived in obedience to God. Revival breaks the power of the world. And so the definition of, a definition of atmosphere is the pervading tone or mood of a place or situation. And so when we're talking about creating something, this inevitably means that we must bring something into existence or cause something to happen. It's an action. It's something that we have to do. So by no means am I saying that we are God or we can do this alone. No, we need God. And can I just say right here that God doesn't need me. I, I've not arrived. We have not arrived as youth pastors or youth workers. He can use anything. I've heard a minister say that he can use a donkey, bush, and a chicken. Now, now he would prefer to use me. So through God, we're talking about creating something, creating a revival atmosphere in our youth groups. And I'm excited about this tonight. So when you create something, it takes effort, it takes energy, it takes work, it takes people who are committed to the cause. And so when you want to create something, it doesn't just do it on its own. It, it, it doesn't just one day not exist and then the next day exists. No, we have to, as youth ministers, know and stop saying in our conversations to people, I hope we have revival in our youth. Wouldn't that be nice? I would love for God to bless us. Maybe, maybe one day God will bless us. No. God has given us every tool 
He has given us a desire, a hunger, and a passion for the youth of our communities. And so we must help create this. It's an action. So the first thing I want to talk about, there'll be four things here. So when we're trying to create a revival atmosphere, it must first start with me. I'm going to talk about me tonight. So it must first, first start with me. And Matthew 6, it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. We have to be in prayer. We must be in fasting. We must be in the word. Listen, I, I know this may sound basic, but I can't move past this point. We must seek the face of God for our young people. I love all the lights. We use them. They are a tool. They are for our guests. We love all the technology. We leverage those for our ministry. We love the cool events and all the creative things that we do. We do all of them here. But if we skip this step, if we miss the mark here, we've done a tremendous injustice. You cannot create a revival atmosphere without prayer, fasting, and the word of God. It, does, it doesn't exist. It just doesn't exist. Listen, when you're a leader, youth worker, a youth pastor, a hyphen leader, we have a tremendous responsibility. I have a tremendous responsibility to the people God has blessed us with and called us to serve. So let me just tell you a few things here that are practical and that you can apply with in, without any major expenses, anything that you have to spend in your budget. What, what an awesome thing. You don't have to spend any money to do these things to create a revival atmosphere within your youth group. And so once we have set the tone as leaders in prayer and the word of God and fasting, and once we're, we instill them that prayer life, a prayer life is important. Fasting is important. Reading the word of God is important. Faithfulness to the house of the Lord is important. Now we are creating something. We have revived all of these things in our youth group. And the next step is to create a revival atmosphere of love. We need to create a revival atmosphere of love. This is number two. If the first person, a first-time guest that walks into your youth group, youth service or youth room, gets to hear is the youth pastor or leader in the microphone when it's time for the sermon or lesson, we're in trouble. We are in trouble. This cannot happen. We need to revive love in our youth groups. So let's talk about the platforms. At our youth services or midweek, we have these welcome signs. They wave them to welcome the people as they come into the building. They say, welcome home. And the youth have smiles on their faces, probably, probably because they just got a semi to honk the horn at them. <laughs> there are dinosaur costumes. We have fun, no doubt. Uh, and, but the first platform better not be the one where the preaching takes place on our youth nights. It's got to be in the parking lot of foyer. This is something that is simple that you can apply tomorrow. It's a smile. It's a greeting. Here we say, welcome home. We, we have so many young people, probably like your youth group, who don't have a mom or dad. This is their home. This is their family. When they come in the foyer, there are some more youth greeting them. And then they walk up the steps in the, to the sanctuary, and there's some music setting the mood for fellowship. Some of our staff will greet them. They fill out a connect card, and they get a free drink or snack from the cafe. And if you've been following me on social media or anything, we just got Starbucks and the kids are really excited about that. And so we'll give them a free Starbucks. More people connect with them. And before service even starts, they've already made up in their mind, I'm coming back. 
I'm coming back. I don't know what this place is, but I love it here. This is, there's so much love. We need to revive love in our youth groups. We need to revive that welcome home kind of feeling in our youth group. Listen, I may get up as a youth pastor, a youth leader, and completely flop or bosh the sermon that night. We've all been there. But since you're creating a culture of love, you're reviving the atmosphere of love, they're going to come back. Why? Because we're creating that culture. It's an atmosphere of revival of love. Think about it. You would not bring your friend or family member to somewhere that they were ignored or treated coldly. This is what we call here inreach. Inreach. We love everybody that we have. We love the people that God has given us right now. We create a culture of love. And let me just tell you that when you create a revival atmosphere of love, your youth group will naturally, they'll naturally bring their friends. People will talk about it. I don't know about that youth pastor up there on the platform, but wow, this place is awesome. I love it here. And so effectively, since you have created a culture and a revival place of love and inreach, your youth group will, nor- will naturally become your outreach department. Isn't that awesome that your youth group, the whole entire youth group will be, will be outreach department for your church. And so this leads us into the next one, which is number three, creating a revival atmosphere of leaders. We need to revive some leaders within our youth group. We tell the youth all the time here, if I'm the only youth leader here, we're in trouble. I can't. I can't get everywhere. I can't be in the schools. I can't be in the places that they work. I can't be everywhere. And so our youth, not just here where I'm from, but our youth in our movement and the UPCI and and Apostolic Pentecostals, they are world changers. They have favor from God. They are anointed. We as youth ministers need to unlock that for them, engage them and empower them to lead. I told our young people, "I, I now knight you youth leader. How awesome is that? I now not you youth leader. They can go to the school and tell their friends, I'm a youth leader. And they're like, what? You're a youth leader? You're 15. I can't believe that. And they say, yes, my youth pastor said I'm a youth leader. Why not? There are 12 and 13 year olds doing things in the Bible. You've read about them. Jesus did this in the temple. When his mother and father left him, he was back in the synagogue teaching the people. It's time for there to be a revival of young leaders. I'm not talking about 20-something or 30-something-year-olds. I'm talking about 12, 13, 14, 15, 16-year-olds. How about it? You went from one youth leader in your youth group to 10, 20, 30, 100 youth leaders. Obviously, we're going to do our part. They'll be accountable. They'll be obedient and submissive. But God wants to unlock something in our young people, and we can't hold them back any longer. We don't have a monopoly on this just because we're the youth pastor or leader. This is not a territorial thing. We want them to be better leaders and teachers than we ever have been. Give them the microphone. Don't be afraid to do that. And so we need to create a revival atmosphere of leaders. The fourth thing I want to talk about today is that we need to create a revival atmosphere in the home and everyday life. If we're not careful, there may be a widespread ignorance of the basic truths of the word and of the gospel. We want our young people to know what John 3, 3 means. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. We want them to know the plan of salvation. We want them to know Acts, the church, the birth of the church. We want them to know John 8 and what sin is and that it's death. We, don't want, we want them to know Deuteronomy 6, 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And Isaiah 45, 5, I am the Lord, there is none 
else. There is no God. And all the other verses that come with that. We want them to know those things. This has been my prayer that we not become a shallow youth group. We have excellent singing. We have anointed singing. We have excellent services. People receive the Holy Ghost. But if we leave here on a Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, nothing else goes on. There's no Bible reading. There's no prayer life. We have become shallow. And so my prayer today, my burden is to pray for depth. I'm wanting a revival, a revival atmosphere in the home and everyday life. Do you want to grow and increase in number? We do. We want to grow. The only way we're going to grow big is if we go small. And so we've been having Bible studies with about four or five critiquing one another with our youth leaders. And now we have youth going out with confidence and teaching others, other ones on their own. This is an awesome thing that's happening. I'm starting to see a little bit of depth in our youth group. And we as a youth team here decided a long time ago as we were teaching lessons and curriculum that no more are we going to go print off a lesson and try to flush through the whole entire sheet through a class and try to do it in 20 or 30 minutes for the youth to actually get nothing out of it. So we started making goals. This is something that you can apply today. It doesn't cost any money. Our goal was for them to bring their tangible Bible to church. We need a revival of that, to bring their tangible Bible to church. Another one of our goals was for them to retain two to three nuggets from that lesson, which fed into our next goal, to engage conversation and biblical conversations in the home. Too many times, I know how this goes, and the parent get in the car and they say, what did you learn today? And the youth says, I don't know. Okay, well, where do you want to go eat? Listen, if you want to create a revival atmosphere, it has to happen in the home. We must try to engage a conversation in the home and when they are away from church too. And so they need to live this. They need to breathe it. They need to eat it. And we need to engage the parents as well. We serve the parents. We're not against the parents. We serve the parents. And so it's up to us to help facilitate that. How? We send out communications here. This is what we're studying. This is what we're talking about. These are the scriptures that we're going over and encourage the parents. Please help us discuss this in a home and, and bring us back so we can discuss it when we're back in youth group. Here are a few questions to ask at home. Every lesson that, I, that we teach, we always give a few things for them to share over dinner, over lunch. We send out communiques. We try to always communicate and start, ignite that conversation at home. We need a revival in our youth groups. God wants us to give it. Let's stop wishing it would happen and start speaking it out of our mouth. Why do we need to create an atmosphere of revival? It's because when you have a revival, it's where God is. God has nothing to do with death. And so let's have a revival of prayer. Let's have a revival of fasting. Let's have a revival of reading the word of God. Let's have a revival of love. Let's have a revival of leaders. Let's have a revival of the home and everyday life. And so we want more depth in our youth groups. I love the lights. I love the fancy series titles, but let's focus on this. Let's get this right and add all those other things to it. And I promise you that you're going to experience revival in your youth group. I want to thank the UPCI Youth Ministries for this opportunity. And I love every single one of my youth worker families out there. Thank you so much today. Awesome. Thank you so much, Brother Andrew, for sharing with us tonight on uh, the subject of creating an atmosphere of revival in our youth ministries. Uh, Michael Thomas here. And before we step away from the call, Brother Fisher, I wanted to ask you a few questions regarding tonight's topic. Yes, um, and the first question I want to ask you has to do with prayer. Um, you spoke tonight about setting the tone 
as youth leaders and for revival in our youth ministries. And you spoke of uh, zeroing in on prayer and fasting and Bible reading. But I wanted to ask you a specific question regarding prayer. And we know prayer is a key part of every revival. Uh, but I wanted to ask, what are some key ways that you keep prayer in front of your students? Okay, it's a great question. So every event that we do, we always start off with prayer. We always end in prayer. And uh, we do very various different things to keep that interesting for them. And so sometimes with youth, you know, you have to keep their attention. And so a lot of times we do prayer journeys. It's okay to break that out. Old-fashioned prayer journey. Slap mm. up some signs on the walls. We make specific prayers. We're praying for Right now, we're specifically, I'll just share this with you, that we're praying for 200 young people in our youth group. We're, we're putting that up. We're claiming it in Jesus' name. We spend five minutes at every station. If you do 10 of those, that's 50 minutes in prayer. Before you know it, an hour goes by, and, and the youth are just blown away. They're just like, I can't believe that we're doing this right now. And we encourage this in every single thing that we do. We also do prayer meetings uh, off nights. Um, we'll have prayer meetings before Sunday night service. We'll, we'll do all kinds of different things with prayer. Just Try to think of creative ways to get them engaged in prayer. Mm, I love it. Yes. Um, and so you spoke about how you keep your students engaged in corporate prayer. Do you have any ideas on helping our students engage in their own private individual prayer time at home? You know, there's so many time consuming distractions and activities available today and throughout a student's week. How do you combat that and how do you help your students keep prayer priority on the personal level when they go home and have a daily devotion? Right. So it's simply, it's a great question, simply just communicating with the students. Uh, we have a remind app. We send a reminder out about your Bible reading and prayer. Uh, we started something in our youth group called 747 Prayer, and that's basically just taking seven minutes and 47 seconds of every day, spending some time in prayer. And we put a little airplane with that, with the 747 plane, and, and gave a little bit of history on how that started with the plane. It didn't just become a 747. When they built the 747, they didn't build it for it to exist, just a temporary thing, but it stuck. And so we obviously don't want them to stick to that seven minutes and 47 seconds, but it's a start. And so it's something different that we created and uh, encouraged our students to do every single day to spend that. Set a timer. Uh, Brother Matthew Johnson actually shared this with me. Set an oven timer. Five minutes, 10 minutes, let it ding. And if you feel like you can go farther, go ahead and go farther. I, we always also encourage the students that don't feel like you have to pray the King James prayer. Use your own words. When your prayer life and your vocabulary mature over time, just like anything else you do in life with practice. So they need to practice and just begin to talk to God, just like you're talking to someone like your friend. Mm. I love it, especially the uh, 747, seven minutes, 47 seconds. That's great. I love that. Um, another question I wanted to ask you has to do with outreach and uh, reaching out is another key part of revival. And you spoke of creating an atmosphere of love and in reach within the youth group. And you mm -hmm. mentioned that your students, you are training them to teach Bible studies to their friends. Uh, but I wanted to ask, follow up with that subject and just ask, uh, what are some methods for outreach that you use to get unchurched people uh, connected with Jesus and connected to your youth group? Do you do anything specific beyond just encouraging your students to invite their friends? Is there a method that you use to try to reach out to the sinners that are outside of your youth group? Right. So beyond uh, what we're creating a culture of inreach, 
which effectively will have your young people bring friends to your building. Um, we, we also do events around that. We couple those together. We don't just not do outreach. We still do that together. So we'll go out in the community. We have door hangers. Um, we do a lot of social media. Um, the other thing that we do, we started doing is we call perfect attendance Sunday and we do food trucks and events around that day, trying to get in, try to get them to come and we give some things away. And, uh, so our youth are actively involved in that. Uh, we do flyers and all those kinds of things that, that, uh, youth ministry entails. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. Awesome. Awesome. And, um, before we step away, I do have some general questions, kind of off subject, but still on the same subject of youth ministry that we like yes, to sir. ask each uh, person that we interview on these calls. Uh, but the first question I want to ask you is, what is really working for you in your youth ministry right now? What's the one thing you have that you feel is just on fire and it's working? The one thing that's working for our uh, youth ministry is our team. We have um, our strength is our team. We have, um, when, I, when I talk to youth workers, I tell them don't uh, exclude based on age. Uh, we have a wide variety of age ages that help us uh, from young adults to middle age to older people. And they all have different skill sets. They all, dif- they have, they all have different availabilities. Um, and we have just created here um, a team kind of atmosphere. And, and really, you know, I know this is, a smaller churches and a smaller youth group, it may be four, it may be five, you know, bigger, it might be 18, something like that. But just however you can do it, structure a team that, that, that can help you in different ways and minister to the young people and don't exclude ages. Um, I made a mistake of that when I was youth pastoring. I thought maybe it was just for younger people to help on a youth team. That was not the case. I found out you need some wisdom on your team. Mm. So true. So true. And uh, I remember personally, uh, in our local youth ministry, we had a lady uh, on our youth staff. She was 56 years old. Mm, And uh, going into youth ministry, I would have never imagined that that would work. But as you said, she brought an element of wisdom and stability Mm -hmm. and credibility to our team. So I could definitely see that. Um, I want to ask you next about uh, any good books that you've read on youth ministry or just general books or books in general that you could recommend to us tonight? Yes, sir. So H3 Leadership is a great book about leadership. Um, Any of those kind of books. Um, I've also um, read, uh, just slipped my mind, (laughs) just slipped my mind, but H3 Leadership is the book I've read recently. A lot of um, John Maxwell Leadership books, Um, If by Mark uh, Batterson. Um, um, I think here. And I kind of put you on the spot with the book question that's a, there, but that's okay. That's okay. You, you recommend H3 leadership. Is, is that correct? Is that the title? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then also when dealing with, with parents, um, great recommendation. Um, and I'm not just saying parents, but anything as a ministry, you're going to, you're going to come against some, some things. Um, I definitely recommend the bait of Satan as, uh-huh. a, as an excellent book to read. And I've, I've read that a couple of times. Um, a great mentor of mine recommended that to me and uh, it's been very, very helpful. Perfect. Yes. All right. Well, again, brother Fisher, we thank you for being on tonight's call and, uh, talking to us about how to create the atmosphere of revival in our youth ministry. And at this time, I'm going to turn this call over to our youth secretary, brother Justin Ranking. Uh, he's going to do a few announcements and he's going to close in prayer. 
for tonight's call. Brother Ranking, take it away. Thanks, Brother Thomas, and thanks again, Brother Fisher. Appreciate you being on this call. What a, what great insights and what great inspiration for us on creating a revival atmosphere in our youth ministries. And those of you out there uh, that are youth workers day-to-day doing the work on the local church level. We appreciate you. Thank you again for joining us tonight. Please help us out by encouraging your youth ministry friends to check out this free resource that is made possible through She's for Christ. We're thankful for your generous giving to that, and we hope that this call will be a blessing. Uh, Also, one other event, if you haven't already looked into it, be sure to look into the Youth Ministry Training Event 2018. It's August 2nd and 3rd. It will be here in St. Louis, Missouri at the Sanctuary. Our theme this year is Element, and we're going to be talking about all the elements that make up youth ministry. You don't want to miss out on that. You can register now by going to upciyouth.com and clicking on the Element banner. It will take you to the community.com and the Youth Ministry Training Event registration page. Hotel information is live there. You don't want to miss out on that. And uh, early registration ends April 30th, so be sure to check that out. Next month's call will be on April the 3rd. It will be with Reagan Matheson. And we'll be speaking on the topic of wearing multiple hats at your local church. No doubt many of us are doing that or have done that. Know someone that can benefit from that call. Be sure to let them know. April 3rd, Reagan Matheson speaking on wearing multiple hats at your local church. Let's conclude this call in prayer tonight. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have to minister and to be used in our local youth ministries. We thank you for every young person that attends youth service, our special events. And Lord, we're doing this not to draw attention to us, but Lord, we're in ministry to draw kids and their attention to you. We want, Lord, to create a revival atmosphere. We want excitement and we want participation for kids to be growing in their walk with you, for them to become disciples and to also disciple someone else. That they would, Lord Jesus, have the fire of the Spirit inside of them. Help us to see, Lord, that our youth groups can be on fire and have revival in our spirits, in our services, in our events, and they can still be fun and life-changing. It can all happen at the same time. We ask your blessings upon all the youth ministry workers that are listening in on this call. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for your many blessings and allowing us to be involved in youth ministry and pointing young people to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Once again, we thank you for joining tonight's call, and we can thank you also for your continued support to She's for Christ that makes this all possible. Thank you, and have a good night. You have been listening to the Youth Ministry Training Call. For other great youth resources, be sure to check out thecommunity.com. Thank you for joining us, and have a great night.